0: Hey, Teresa, did you know that Batman's friend Jim Gordon loves buying art? No. That's why they call him the commissioner.
1: Itch manners.
0: I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm
1: your wife host Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanner. It's extraordinary etiquette. For
0: ordinary occasions. Hello, my
1: Hello, dear. How so, uh, are you? That
0: was such a bad joke, you know?
1: <laughs> like, are you okay? I'm like, I know. It's just
0: such a bad joke. And like I thought of it because I thought of the word commissioner. Right? And it makes so much sense. But it it's does. bad. It's so bad.
1: <laughs> I liked, I like the little yeah, you put well, <laughs> when you know what you
0: are, um, yeah, uh, and and you know, my tummy hurts a little bit, oh, I don't I'm know why. I mean, it's fine, just old.
1: Let me take your mind off of things, okay? Please imagine if you would a world, uh huh, without art.
0: No, that what okay. is that supposed to make me feel better? I no, like art,
1: I know, just taking your mind off of it,
0: uh, yeah, but like usually when someone's like, hey i want to take your mind off of it by making you feel worse <laughs> than you do now. That's not usually how that works.
1: I wasn't trying to make you. I thought you were going
0: to tell me, like, imagine a world with more art. No. Oh. I,
1: what I'm saying is art has existed as long as people and stuff have existed.
0: As long as people <laughs> and stuff. We are off to just a banger start. Okay. So art is good, is what you're telling me. Yes. And people like it.
1: And people make it.
0: People make it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, first, I want to say thank you to all of the, the submissions for this. We had a lot of people suggest this topic. Um, I mean, in the Internet age, it is possible to contact an artist from anywhere. Yeah. And commission a, a work. So uh, this is something that the people, they want to know. Well,
0: and not just that. I would say with uh, the advent of digital uh, it has made, it has lowered the uh, materials cost mm-hmm. and has made it easier to get the art to the person as well. You know, you're not right. shipping, you know, a big canvas. You're not having to buy. So it takes uh, some computer know-how yeah. and some programs mm-hmm. and skill, mm-hmm. but you're not buying gesso. Right. Well, some people are still buying gesso. Some people are still. We used to buy gesso for the theater. (laughs) I know what gesso is. Don't act like I don't.
1: I know you know.
0: Okay. So, commissioning art began in 1956. No. Okay. Uh,
1: We're not going to start at the beginning because it started at the beginning. We're going to start.
0: The first time somebody said, hey, fellow (laughs) K-man, paint me that buffalo or whatever. Yeah, basically. I like that buffalo and I want to be able to look at it again when it's not around. Could you put it? On something.
1: I'll give you this handful of seeds and nuts if you give me that leather with a picture of the buffalo on it.
0: Because I like that buffalo, dang it. I don't know why. Something about that buffalo makes me feel emotions.
1: Okay, so we're going to start in Rome. Okay, Um, Gigantic artworks were being commissioned to satisfy the ego of, you know, whoever was in charge because... The ruling class like to pay people money to show off how much money they have.
0: Yeah. And not only that, uh, you know, it I, it is true a lot in, I don't know, going back to Egypt and yep. then into Rome and Greece mm-hmm. and then in England that uh, not everybody could read. So if sure. you wanted to show off your exploits, if you wanted to broadcast the history of why you deserve to be in charge and how cool you are, visual representation of it. Mm-hmm. was a much better way to broadcast that than written. And that's why there's so many paintings of like conquests and stuff, because you can look at it and understand it without having to be exactly. able to read Exactly,
1: exactly. And I mean...
0: And I just know that off the top of my head. I don't have research in front of me. It's just a thing that I know.
1: Art, at this time period... I don't know
0: why my tummy gives me a little sausage. I don't know. I'll Ooh, try to cool it down spicy. a little bit. I'll try to cool it down a little bit. I'm Conan hot.
1: Um. So at this time... We find that most of the artworks are, you know, to show off and tell those stories and things like that. Not like art for art's sake. Yeah. Um, So, for example, the Emperor Nero commissioned. Famous
0: fiddler. That's probably (laughs) apocryphal, isn't it? I don't know. I don't
1: know if he really fiddled while Rome burned. But anyway.
0: I mean, it seems like a metaphor, right? It really does. Yeah, like he didn't really do a lot to help. And you get it.
1: I get it. He commissioned a 103 foot statue of himself to sit outside his personal villa in Rome. Now, the Colossus of Nero no longer exists.
0: Why do you think it was 103?
1: Well, maybe because somebody else had one that was 100 feet tall.
0: Oh my goodness, you're absolutely correct. That's gotta be it, right? right? (laughs) Because there's no way you're like, you know, (laughs) let's make it to scale.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh but you know we do have some very famous quote artwork commissioned by Emperor Vaspian. Of course. The Colosseum. Oh. Right. It was a commissioned work of art built to serve as an amphitheater for public spectacles like mock sea battles, animal hunts, executions, dramas, and of course, you know, that gladiator stuff.
0: Yeah, I've seen the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. And we study the Coliseum today as a masterpiece in ancient architecture, but it was very much at the time a display of power of the sure. empire.
0: A lot of architecture is, I mean, think about pyramids mm-hmm. and a lot of like temples and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, and so moving on to the Renaissance.
0: The Renaissance. Mm-hmm.
1: It would be vastly different in the art world were it not for the Medici family of Florence.
0: Because they commissioned a
1: lot? Oh, yeah. Okay. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, great. Basically, uh, so they were a family of enormously rich bankers. Um, think like the Iron Bank of Dorn. <laughs>
0: You mean like For, Game, from of Game, Game of Thrones? I know it's Game of Thrones, but I know you don't watch Game of Thrones.
1: I watch enough clips of Game of there Thrones we go. Okay, great. <laughs> to know what the Iron Bank of Dorne is. Okay, great. Anyway, uh, there's so, a show about the Medici's
0: too, I right think. Yeah. Uh, I think it's is it just called Medici? Is it? I don't know. I also know I mostly, whenever I hear the name, it, I cannot not think of Assassin's Creed 2.
1: Oh. Yes. I always think of Catherine de' Medici. Sure. Henry VIII's first wife. Sure. His brother's wife before that. Yeah.
0: Okay, so anyway, they commissioned okay. a bunch of stuff cuz there was very rich.
1: Absolutely, because they were rolling in dough. Uh so if you think about most of the the like fancy famous renaissance artwork, they probably commissioned it. Um so let's see Birth of Venus, Donatello's bronze David, Michelangelo's Tomb of Lorenzo. They commissioned work from practically every big name at the time. You know, Raphael, Leonardo. Donatello,
0: Michelangelo. Yeah. Leonardo.
1: <laughs> all the Ninja Turtles. Every single one. Um, Do you want
0: to know a fun fact I learned recently? What? So, back in ancient Greece,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, it was believed that having a large member. Okay. was a sign of a lack of intelligence.
1: Oh, because if you had so much down there, you didn't have as much upstairs? Uh,
0: I think it's more like, you're not an ogre. <laughs> Along those lines. But okay. the important thing to note is it is the reason why so many statues from that time and in the Greek ideal are often depicted uh, with smaller members to indicate an ideal. To indicate Ah. intelligence and perfection in that way. Uh,
1: So at this time, visual art is really like coming into its own. But also, you know, it wasn't just wealthy families that uh, commissioned works of art. Political and religious institutions were hiring uh, artists left and right to create things like... The, the last supper uh,
0: the sistine chapel and the,
1: the sistine chapel that's right okay. yeah i Whew. okay
0: can i uh show ignorance for a moment sure which came first the dark ages or the renaissance
1: the dark ages came first
0: okay so in the dark ages that explains why <laughs> oh my god i'm an idiot so there, a lot of the art is very two-dimensional, right? And so, okay. like people say, and then in the Renaissance you get a lot more depth and you get a lot more, it seems yeah, like it's a, a huge it's leap it's a forward. more
1: realistic visual style. Yeah. Um, and I think that it is now referred to as the Middle Ages. Sure. Not and, the Dark Ages. And the Middle
0: Ages, one of my favorite things about Middle Age art is how bad everyone seemed to be at painting babies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there were reasons for that. This is a sidebar. Um, but... So the really the only babies that people painted were the infant Jesus, yes, right. But because of the doctrine of the time, Jesus was born fully man, right? Is the whole thing like he's a full, he's full man, but also full God, but like all that kind of stuff, right? So you weren't allowed to draw him as an actual baby. You had to draw him as a baby-sized grown man.
0: Uh huh. Love it. And
1: that was like, that was, it was, that's the way that you did it because that's the, what the church said you should do.
0: And whether on purpose or inadvertently, I always feel like everyone else's face in the picture is usually depicted as you would expect if you were looking at a baby (laughs) full sized man. Okay.
1: Uh, no doubt. Uh, you are also familiar with the Mona Lisa. I've heard of it. Yes. Indeed. It's believed to be a commissioned portrait of an Italian noblewoman. uh, Lisa del Giocondo.
0: I was going to be really upset if her name wasn't Lisa. Oh. It'd be really weird, that right? That would be weird. Okay.
1: Um, and the painting is studied at length obs as one of the, you know, pinnacles of Renaissance art. Um, well, it's a, listen,
0: it's a really good painting. I don't know if you guys have seen it, it's like good, but it's not that big. You'd be surprised cuz people think it's big. It's not that big, but it's very good. It's it's you know what? I think more people would like it if they saw it. It's oh. re it's a really good uh-huh. like he was a good painter and stuff. Right. It was just, I'm just saying like I'm going to go out on a limb here and I don't care what anybody else thinks. I think the Mona Lisa is a good painting.
1: Oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, the works of Da Vinci were so popular that King Francis they wrote a I... series of books about him. <laughs> Can you let me get like one sentence out? Yeah, thanks. So saucy.
0: That's my tummy hurts.
1: King Francis the first of France arranged for him to come to France later in his life, so that Da Vinci might die on French soil. Ooh la la and the Louvre has the only Mona Lisa because King Francis was that much of a diehard of a Da Vinci fanboy
0: oh I see, okay
1: so here is an example of art commissions changing the course of history
0: (gasps) I want, I can't wait to hear it but first how about a thank you note for our sponsors let's go Speaking of art, brushing your teeth. What's that, Travis? Seems pretty mechanical to me. Oh, is it? Because I think tooth brushing can be effective and beautiful. Just look at Quip's aesthetically pleasing line of tooth care equipment.
1: That was a work of art. That thank whole, you very much. That whole yarn, well, that tale you just told, I loved it.
0: Thank you very much. Because here's the thing. It's not just toothbrush and toothpaste. You got... Uh, the floss dispenser is one of my favorites because mm-hmm. it's little. It's got a little mirror in it, so you have the case right there. It's like a compact, so you can floss wherever you are, and it's all self-contained, right? You and ha-
1: instead of using like three feet of floss, they've got this little special grabber thing. You right? were
0: using three feet of floss. Well,
1: enough to like. I'm not saying I was using. F- three feet, Okay, you use a lot more floss because you gotta wrap it around your hands.
0: This is like those little picks, you know, Mm -hmm. but without all the waste of like throwing away that much plastic over and over again, because you just dispense the little like what? Three inches of floss? Mm-hmm. You pick up new floss with the same handle. It's perfect. Plus, the mouthwash. Got, oh,
1: I like that mouthwash. It's
0: condensed, right? So it's just a little bit at a time. You mix it with water. tastes great.
1: And it's pretty. It's
0: very pretty. So go check it out because along with the mouthwash, Quip also delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months from $5. Shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the hustle and bustle of in-store shopping. And if you go to getquip.com slash right now, now you can get $5 off a mouthwash starter kit. That's $5 off a mouthwash starter kit, which includes a refillable dispenser and a 90 dose supply of Quips four times concentrated formula at getquip.com slash schmanners, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash schmanners. Quip, the good habits company.
1: Schmanners is also sponsored in part this week by Brooke Linen. Now, here's the thing. You want nice sheets. Yes, right? I do. You sleep on there. I do. I want it to be nice. And, you know, if you want something really nice, yes. sometimes you got to pay a lot for it.
0: Oh, no. I don't want to pay a lot for something nice.
1: That's where Linen comes in. <gasps>
0: Thank you, Linen, Brooklyn. Because Linen Brooklyn works directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. So, you can get their amazing array of products at a reasonable price.
1: All right. Um, so, uh, they're so confident in their core products that they come with a 365 day warranty. And their fans are confident too because they've received over 75,000 five star reviews. Give yourself the comfort, refresh you deserve and get it for less. At and Go to Brooklyn. Have and- we said?
0: It's like bedding and stuff. Sheets. Yeah. They're really go- okay, great. Yeah, because okay. I said
1: you sleep on it.
0: That's true. Okay. On great. sheets. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code SCHMANNERS to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's dot ncom and enter promo code SCHMANNERS for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. One more time, brooklinen.com Promo coach Manners. Okay, Teresa, how, oh, how did art commissions change the world?
1: Okay, well, so we were talking about how rich people, famous people, politicians, religious groups commissioned arts from people in order to display power or communicate something. Um, But here's one of the things that was commissioned to make a statement. Pablo Picasso's Guernica.
0: Oh, I know this one. Yes, I enjoy Picasso's work.
1: Mm -hmm. So the Spanish Republic government commissioned Pablo Picasso in January of 1937 to make something for the Paris World's Fair. Uh, Picasso wasn't like totally into it and didn't really start painting until April 26th of that year. But that day is special. Because on that day, the Spanish town of Guernica was mercilessly bombed by the Germans uh, who decided to try out their new aerial weaponry on the village of people, uh, you know, blitzkrieg bombings. Um, and during the two-hour onslaught, almost a third of their residents were killed or wounded. <sighs> uh, so Picasso took notice, right? Um and he was approached by the poet Juan Larea, um and begged Picasso to paint the bombing um, because it was such a historical event, mm. right? So he wanted to, it said, capture the 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 feeling of the bomb, right? I mean, because Picasso's paintings are are very abstract, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it is so enormous and it is very colorful and it is just dripping with symbolism.
0: Yeah, moving to look, if you've never seen it, like even if you know nothing about what it's based on, it is one of the most thought-provoking pieces of art I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like it just immediately gets your mind racing.
1: The original hangs in uh, the Museo, Reina Sofia in Madrid. Uh, but there's also one at the United Nations Security Council in New York. Um, I mean, not the original reproduction, obviously. So Picasso, eh, as a dude, I mean, he was a pretty bad dude. But
0: good, make good art. Make good art. Yeah, uh, not, not that that excuses the bad behavior. Let's be clear. The art is good.
1: But Guernica transcends. Picasso himself. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Here's another one, a very powerful art commission piece found in Dublin. Um, Most people are aware of the Great Hunger, which is also known as the Potato Famine.
0: Yes.
1: Um, And a person named Norma Surfit commissioned Dublin sculptor Rowan Gillespie, to create a piece called Famine as a monument to Ireland's painful history. Um, It was unveiled in 1997. Uh, It is haunting, really. Uh, There are people who are obviously stricken with famine. um, Oh, boy. Yeah, I hadn't
0: seen this before. I just pulled it up. Yeah. Oh, man, haunting.
1: Thin thin and gaunt um, and... Different expressions of hunger, despair, and some with determination.
0: And it's it's like out in the open, right? The, mm-hmm. It is a statue set right that is like among the people, right? Yeah. So it's it's right there. It's very in your face. Is such a trite term, but it is. You mm-hmm. know,
1: it's you very, can you very can cool. walk amongst it,
0: yeah, and feel like you are one of them.
1: Um, and so it's so popular that cities of Toronto and Boston each commissioned Gillespie to make sister sculptures in their cities to honor their Irish heritage. Mm. And so, no matter what the medium, it is clear that art commission has had an enormous impact on history and culture and society as a whole. And in general, artists rely on patron support and... With that, they've been able to document uh, historical figures, de- develop new techniques, influence artist movements, and bring about political and social change. Um, and I mean, the cool thing today is you don't need to be a queen right or a celebrity or a government official to have your own special piece
0: no sometimes you just need uh like reward things for your twitch channel and (laughs) you can commission people to do stuff or you might need a tour poster for my brother my brother and me live show and you can commission stuff from people that's
1: right and you should always pay people
0: pay people for their work that's right it's very very important Okay, so we've got some questions mm-hmm. that I think maybe we might be able to help with. What do you say we answer those questions? Yeah. This is from Jeanette. Jeanette asks, I'm still pretty new at selling art commissions, and I want to know what I should include in the package with my customer's order. I've seen everything from just receipts and business cards to small gifts like stickers and candy. Should I also add personalized notes?
1: Um, I think that anything you can do to make your connection with the person who is buying your art is a good idea. Um, let me instead tell you a few things not to pack glitter, right? Uh, glitter, confetti. Um, what else? Like little things like candies that are easily like pulverized. Yeah. Or meltable. Or meltable. Don't pack any of that stuff. Um,
0: you know, I I would say you mentioned personalized notes. And if that's something that you are comfortable doing, um, I think that that's great because it doesn't add a lot of extra expense. Mm-hmm. Um, while, have, you know, I, I buy a lot of stuff off of Etsy um, and having just even if it's just like, a, hey, thank you so much. And the person's sign name. Yeah. It's, it's a much different feeling, you know, than buying something from like a chain store, or buying something online, you know, that kind of thing of saying like a human being made this thing, put it in this box and sent it to me. It feels special, you know what I mean? I agree. I would I would caution against going too overboard and adding so much expense that right. it's costing you a lot of money to include those personal things. Um, this comes from Carahan, at Carahan. Is there a right slash wrong way to ask for changes in a piece you've commissioned during the phase of work where it's appropriate to do so? I know artists want feedback, but I'm always scared I'll word it wrong or ask too much.
1: I think that the thing – when someone is being paid to make art, they want to get paid for something they like Mm -hmm. that that the person likes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So is there such a thing as too much feedback? Uh, I think if it goes into uh, changing the artist's style – Yeah. Right. Yeah. You should have picked somebody else. Right.
0: That's why it is important to research ahead of time to make sure that the artist that you are commissioning matches the style you are looking for. Right. Um, Um, So
1: don't I wouldn't say to if someone is very cartoonish in their style, very exaggerated, asking them to make something that's hyper realistic is probably not a good idea, right? That's not the kind of feedback that you should share. That is a thank you so much, but I have decided my interest lay elsewhere. Yeah.
0: I, I also highly recommend being careful in your feedback. So a couple things that you can do to make your feedback better, right? One is be clear in it, right? Being direct about what you're looking for is not rude. Right, and I think talking around it too much, like you know, and I, and I think it might be will just muddy the water mm-hmm. and make it very confusing if you can say very um, specific things and not general. Like I don't know, I was hoping it would feel happier or whatever. What's that mean, right? But if you can say like. I think the facial expression is a little bit too much like this, or I think the colors are a little too dark. Right, actionable feedback rather than I don't know, it's just not working. Right, where that's not very actionable, and also be careful not to give conflicting pieces. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I I I think it's too dark right now. Is there any way to use more grays and per or whatever? It's like well, that's not helping. <laughs> um, and also you know, make sure ahead of time. That before the project starts, that you've communicated as clearly as you can what it is you're looking for. Exactly. Um, And not just saying like, I trust you, do whatever you want. And then it comes back and it's like, well, I don't know. I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like what you did. Um, This is from True Jack who asked, what if a piece is more difficult or takes longer than you expected?
1: I think this actually, I'm not quite sure what... Uh what side this question is meant for? I mean, if you are the artist and a piece is more difficult or takes longer, I think that um, communication is key, yeah, right. So letting letting the um, the purchaser know about uh, any extra expenses or you know, I thought this was going to take ten hours, it's taking twenty hours. can I can we discuss? making this a little more within the price range of 20 hours of work and things like that. Um, but if you are commissioning, you're buying a piece and it you hear that it's more difficult and it's going to take longer, try and be, you know, understanding. Um, a lot of times, like, I know everybody seems to have a side hustle, but sometimes art is the side hustle mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and, it it can take a while, so try and be patient and understanding. Um, and if it comes up that they perhaps need more funds, uh, I think that you know keep in mind that if it is more difficult, they probably deserve more money for it.
0: Yeah, and and chances are, if you're asking for something that is more difficult, it in the end result, it'll end up being what you want more if you are able to pay them for their time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think along those same lines, if you are the artist who is being commissioned, I think one, it can be pretty scary uh, to tell someone, like, it's going to be more expensive or it's taking longer, but clear lines of communication rather than waiting until they communicate to you, like, why is this taking so long? And then you're like, well, right. Exactly. Yeah. Get, get ahead of it. Right. And also, as soon as you realize it's going to cost more, let them know. Right. Um, That is why pricing wise, I recommend using verbiage like my prices start at
1: mm. this
0: number. And then that way, when you're negotiating the commission with the person, you can say like, okay, great. That's a little more difficult or it's a little more intricate, more detailed than what I normally do. So I'm going to start at that price and then we might have to do like an hourly thing after that. Um, This is a question from Mick. What's the best way to ask people, you know, for full price? It's awkward when it's someone I don't really consider to be that close that expects a discount.
1: Ooh, yeah, yeah, they want a friends and family discount, but they're not your friend or your family.
0: I think in this case, um, speaking in concrete terms, rather than saying, well, I usually charge saying, it costs blank, right? The price is this, Mm -hmm. right? Because I will say, uh, this is a dorky, dorky example, but I've been going to a lot of flea markets lately. (laughs) And when I ask the price of something, you can tell the difference when someone answers and they're willing to like make a deal versus when someone answers and that's the price of the thing. If they're like, that is $5. Or if they look at it and go, well, um, I'm going to say $5, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, you're open. You aren't sure it's worth that much, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is when we're talking about art, your time is worth money and you should know your value. And the thing is, is, when you're doing work for people, if you're giving them a discount to the point where it's not worth your while, mm-hmm. they're not doing you a favor. You right. know what I mean? Like you're creating something for them. So I think not. don't make it about that. If they expect a discount, that's their problem. But just say, like, listen, this is my job. This is how I pay bills. And it costs this much.
1: Also, think about market value, right? If you have priced your items effectively, that means that there are comparable items out in the world, that are about the same range, right? Um, You know, with the same range of materials and the same, you know, hours worth of work or expertise. So you wouldn't expect every artist out there to take a hit just so that this one person could have a discount, right? No, you are able... To explain to them, this is market price. This is the value of the market right now.
0: Uh, Along the same lines, Patrick asks, when you've requested a price on a commission and realize it's out of your price range, how to decline or negotiate something that works for everyone?
1: Um, I think that it depends on how far along the piece is, Right. right? If the piece is nearly completed and you you are surprised by the amount of money it takes um, I think that you can uh, there is a way to maybe negotiate a payment plan but as far as like a price reduction, without, I don't know, like, I'm just.
0: (laughs) The only way, so if.
1: No, I I have this vision of someone like asking for an eight by 10 and they want to pay for half of it. So like the artist just like. Here's a four by five. Cuts the paper in half. A four by 10,
0: who knows? But uh, no, I understand, man. Like, well, that's a, to be fair, there is a like, well, I can make a smaller version of it that's like less detailed.
1: Right, but that's something that you, you wanna be aware of beforehand. Absolutely. Because if they've already put the time into the eight by ten, you know, you I, I
0: will say commissioning things for uh like websites and Twitch and stuff like that, um almost always i can't think of an exception in fact where the price has not been discussed before the commission was like started mm-hmm. where the artist will ask like what's your budget on this or i will ask like what what's your rate mm-hmm. right and so i think that one along those lines before you begin if you're if you have a set budget for the project asking what the rate is but if they come back and they say like my rate is this much and it's outside of your budget responding ah I totally understand that it's outside my budget. Thank you so much for your time. Now they might come back and say, Well, what is your budget? Maybe we can figure something out. But I would avoid going back after they told you their rate and saying, Well, would you accept this much?
1: Exactly. Because
0: they just told you their rate. Exactly. (laughs) So like take that as fact.
1: Let let the artist talk about bring up the idea of negotiation first.
0: Right. Because otherwise what you're saying is like, well. How about how about I value your time less and whether you mean that or not, that like never assume that the person is going to take that in the spirit you intend or whatever, Mm -hmm. because I guarantee you they have countless times had people say, like, I'm not paying that much. Right. And you don't want to be one of those people.
1: Make me that thing that takes you a long time, but make it for less than you usually do, because I don't value you. I just want your thing.
0: And we know that that's not what you mean. But oh, it's so easy to sound that way. Yeah. Oh, Sue asked one last question here: Is tipping an artist common? And if so, how much should you tip?
1: Um, I'm not. Qu- I wasn't able to find out if there's like a twenty percent tip rate for artists. But if you love what they do, and you want to support them outside of what they've, you know, what the rate you've negotiated is, do it.
0: And not just love what they do, which you should, but if the speed at which they're able to complete the thing, cause I've had that where it's like, oh, I didn't know I needed R for this. I needed R for this. Can this week? could you have it done by this time? And they're like, you got it. And then it's done on time. I tip for that every time, yeah. right? Where thank you so much. You really saved my bacon, like kept me, like gave me this thing that I didn't know I needed and got it done in time. And also sometimes people have gotten like done work for me where I'm like, Okay, this is beautiful, and you did not charge me enough money for this. And so I will give them more money because I'm like, you undervalued your skills, and here's the money for this. I think as far as the rate goes, follow your heart. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: I like to make things even numbers because that's the way that I am. Absolutely. Um, So if something comes up and they ask for mm, 25 bucks, I'm going to move it up to 30 because – It's not about the percentage. It's like, I like a nice, round, even, feel-good number. So I I don't think that there's any kind of like 20% for good service type thing. Listen to your heart.
0: (laughs) And not only that, another great thing you can do is to talk to the artist and say, would it be okay or would, you know, I would like to promote this work is it all right if I tag you in it and tell people who did this, right? Especially yeah. if you're doing like an avatar for you know a social media site or art for your Twitch channel or your YouTube channel or whatever, giving credit to those people along with paying for them. Oh, that's so important. The Exposure doesn't pay the bills, my friends. So you're not going to say, ah, I'll promote you on my channel for free artwork, but saying, this is great, here's your rate, here's your tip. Can I also tell people about what a pleasure it was to work for you and show off this thing, right? Exactly. That is is great. Uh, and along those same lines, we want to say thank you to some people. First, thank you to Alex, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Alex is our researcher. and She's out there answering them, e- them emails, <laughs> going through for submissions and idioms, doing the research. She's amazing. Thank you, Alex. And we wouldn't be able to pay Alex for her work, which we I absolutely want to do without your support through MaximumFun.org. We also want to say thank you to all of you who listen and tell friends about the show and share links and all that stuff. It means the world to us. Go to com and check out some new merch over there. There's some really cool stuff. Let's see. What else, Teresa?
1: We always thank Brent, Brent Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. We also thank Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That is at Cast, And that's where we got all of these great questions for today's episode. So give us a follow there and be on the lookout for um, submitting a question.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: We'd also like to thank Bruja Betty Pinnett Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group on Facebook.
0: And that's going to do it for us, so join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You've been listening to Schmanners.
1: Schmanners Schmanners. Get it.